0: Kia ora this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Susana Suisuike, coming
1: up. All Pacific leaders believe in God, and what's happening is definitely not right in God's eyes.
0: Old wounds are reopened at the Pacific Islands Forum. Also, I speak with Lydia Lewis, who's on the ground in Aitutaki for the Pacific Leaders Retreat, and later on.
2: And at least in my case, has spurred me to action in terms of making sure that our bodily autonomy is protected.
0: Pro-choice advocates in Guam are elated over the Supreme Court's recent decision. The wounds of last year's rift at the Pacific Islands Forum have reopened after Nauru's President David Ariang stormed out of the main plenary on Wednesday morning ahead of the leaders' retreat on Aitutaki. A cloud hangs over the forum regarding Nauru's former president, Baron Wanga, a controversial figure who's nominated to be the next Secretary-General. Alicia Foon is in Rarotonga.
3: All 18 Pacific states are represented at this year's Pacific Islands Forum, with New Zealand bringing two parties to the table, Nationals Foreign Affairs Spokesperson Jerry Brownlee and outgoing Deputy Prime Minister Labour's Kamal Sepalone. Brownlee says it was crucial Aotearoa maintains its relationship with the Pacific.
1: This is too important for us not to be here. I think that signals strongly from uh, the incoming national Lead government that uh, we do see the Pacific as important. We are also very mindful that New Zealand is the uh, home for the largest population of Pacifica people in the world.
3: Australia's Prime Minister Anthony Albanese is here and spoke with the peer, even querying about potential Cabinet portfolios.
1: Mr Albanese gave me and he congratulated me, he commiserated with uh, Carmel and, uh, and, and gave her quite a bit of advice.
3: He was very interested in our recent election and uh, understanding how the special votes, judicial recount and overhang uh, works. He also asked Gerry about portfolios uh, but Gerry wasn't willing to share the information in front of me. Sepoloni also addressed a controversial appointment of the regional body's incoming Secretary-General, Baron Wanga. Wonga is a former president of Nauru and is the sole nominee to be the forum's next secretary-general despite his history of sacking judges, being investigated by Australian police for taking bribes and imposing harsh restrictions on media. I think it's pretty clear that there was a slight uh, difference to how the um, most recent selection was done, but it was agreed on. it was agreed on by all of the Pacific leaders Um, And so now there is a suggestion we should talk about the process moving forward uh, to ensure that we're on the same page with respect to that. Key issues likely to be discussed at the retreat will be climate change funding, phasing out fossil fuels, regional security, visa-free travel to New Zealand and Australia, a moratorium on seabed mining, and even the Gaza-Israel conflict. As leaders left Raratonga for Aitutaki... They were met by Cook Island fashion designer Alina Tavione leading a pro-Palestine protest. The group held a large sign and wore matching t-shirts calling for a humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza.
1: Personally, I think it's lovely for the leaders to come into one place where they can make some really smart decisions. For example, condemning the the genocide in Gaza. All Pacific leaders believe in God and what's happening is... Definitely not right in God's eyes, let alone our eyes. And every human being should have the right to live peacefully on this planet. No one should have the right to terminate anybody's life.
3: Down at Punanganui Market, locals and delegates share neutral ground, with many connecting with stall owners. Cook Island businesses have been inundated with orders from forum leaders and delegates which Black Pearl jeweler, Meho Pio, is grateful for.
0: Everybody's going to get a piece of the pie. I, I sort of look at it that way. And it's good for, for the Kobalas, the economy.
3: The result from talks at the Leaders' Retreat in Aitutaki will be revealed tomorrow night. Joining me on
0: Pacific Waves is our reporter Lydia Lewis, who is currently on the ground in Aitutaki covering the Leaders' Retreat. Kia ora Lydia. I understand the leaders have arrived in Aitutaki. What's the
4: reception like? It's been a really massive and bright and colourful reception. As we speak, there are beautiful dancers wearing red skirts, massive headpieces adorned with flowers and also beads around their necks. The leaders are sitting in a line at a marae at the moment, soaking in the culture here in Aitutaki. When they flew in they would have seen the pristine ocean surrounding the island, crystal blue lagoons. But there is one notable absence here from the lineup, a white chair with no Nauru president inside. Now why is Nauru a no show? It's unclear exactly why Nauru is not here. I cannot see the President, David Adyang, or any other representatives. It is unclear whether or not there is a member of his delegation here, but I am yet to see one. There are signs of potential disagreements within the forum. According to various reports coming out from Arotonga, the Nauru delegation walked out of the main plenary on Wednesday morning local time. There are reports that President David Ariang stormed out when the candidacy of ex-president Baron Wanga to become the next forum secretary general was brought up for discussion. Now I spoke with one of the Micronesian presidents earlier in the week, and he told me that leaders endorsed Baron Wanga, that they continue to support his candidacy to be the next secretary general. But of course, Baron Wanga's candidacy has been marred with controversy. And it is unclear as to what is going to happen next, but very soon leaders are going to meet. That leads me to my next question. Are the Micronesian leaders bloc really united then? Palau's president has said that they are united on various issues, but it is still unclear as to where that unity stands as we head into the leaders' retreat. More will be revealed at a press conference tomorrow. This will follow the leaders' retreat, where they will be out on a waka, away from the prying eyes of the media, to really sit down and hash out these issues. But as it stands right now, at the opening of this Aitutaki leaders' retreat, it is unclear whether or not old wounds have been reopened after Naldu walked out over Baron Wanga's question at the Pacific Islands Forum Leaders' Summit.
0: And what has New Zealand's representatives to the forum, Kamo Sepuloni and Jerry Brownie, said so far at the forum?
4: Carmel Sepuloni, who is currently the caretaker, Deputy Prime Minister of Aotearoa, is leading this delegation. She is here on Aitutaki. Jerry Brownlee is not. He remains on the main island of Rarotonga. The last press conference I attended, they really couldn't say much. Their responses to many of the questions that media asked them was, we cannot respond to this because the government has not yet been formed. I understand that there has been a subsequent press conference since but I was interviewing Pacific leaders when this took place. What can we expect to happen during the leaders' retreat? One Pacific researcher that I spoke to ahead of the forum told me that anything could happen. We know that a lot of issues are going to be discussed, including free travel, which is an issue across the Pacific, and Fukushima, among many other issues. But we'll just have to wait and see what comes out of that all-important press conference tomorrow following the retreat. And I understand the Fukushima issue has resurfaced again. That's right. Today, civil society has called for Japan to be kicked off as a forum dialogue partner Japan currently sits at the same table as the U.S. and China. But due to the Fukushima issue, which has been raised yet again, uh, there has been a call for Japan to be kicked off. When I asked Mark Brown before the forum started whether or not this is something he would support, He reiterated his commitment to Japan, that it's a strong relationship. It's unknown whether or not the leaders will discuss this or if it will become a contentious subject. But Dalton Tangilangi, new as Premier, told me yesterday in a one-on-one interview that he will be raising concerns with Japan. Japan's delegation has arrived here in Rarotonga. He is having one of the only bilateral meetings with Japan, and he told me he does not agree with what's happening and he will be raising it because he is, quite frankly, disappointed. There's a
0: large Samoan contingency
4: there. There is. I'm standing here at the opening ceremony with the Samoan community members who live here on Aitutake. And what is your name and tell me how it feels to welcome your Prime Minister.
1: Uh, my name is Tuchilao Linbina Um It's an honour to uh, it's an honour to have our PM, our Prime Minister here in Turkey. It's uh, one of those um, very few opportunities that we ever get to, even, uh, to have the uh, PM visit Aititake. So we're quite lucky here in Aititaki. Um There's so many people in Samoa never ever get to meet the uh, PM, but for her to come here, there's a better chance for our people to meet uh, the PM of
4: Samoa. And with a better chance to meet your Prime Minister, what questions will you be raising or what would you like to address with her?
1: Um, really, we just wanted to, just to let her know that there is a Samoa community here and I'm pretty sure she'll be surprised um, why um, there are Samoans. How did the salmons get on Ichitake?
4: What is that story briefly?
1: Oh, for me, I'm a half Samoan, half Ichitake. My mom's from here. My father's from Samoa, from the village of Guamu. Um, um But uh, these are a few of us on the island are more... Um, half-caste Samoans, or, or there's only a few real full-blooded salmons living on the island, and for us to have them with us here on Aitake, it's an honour as well, you know, because we've uh, come far away, different different islands, um, uh, to have them here with us and celebrating especially this opportunity to hopefully we get to meet her and, and, and have a talk with her um, real soon, yeah.
4: Thank you so much for that. And Sana, as you can hear, There is so much pride for all of the Prime Ministers, the nations that are represented here. So putting the politics aside, this really is a strong community event. Everyone in Rarotonga, whether it be on main islands or outer islands, has come together for this event.
0: There's among pro-choice advocates in Guam following a decision by the US Territory Supreme Court to debunk an anti-abortion law. It means abortion will remain legal in Guam. The anti-abortion law introduced in 1990 had been placed under injunction because a US federal case ruling known as Roe v. Wade legalised abortion across all states and territories. But last year, pro-life lawmakers were prompted to lift the injunction after the US Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Final Funua has more.
5: When the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last year, it seemed certain that abortion would become illegal in Guam. Pro-life lawmakers in Guam only needed to ask the territory's Supreme Court to lift an injunction on an anti-abortion law passed in 1990. The injunction having been imposed as a result of Roe v. Wade. But last week, the Guam Supreme Court ruled that the anti-abortion law was dead law because subsequent legislations had repealed it by implication. The ruling came about after pro-choice Governor Lou Guerrero filed a petition for the court to determine whether the law was still enforceable. Director of Guam's Bureau of Women's Affairs, Jane Flores, says she's not surprised by the Supreme Court ruling and that it sends a clear message to those wanting to ban abortion.
0: So I think the message is there to lawmakers that the people of Guam want abortion to remain a personal, private decision between a person and their physician and whoever else they want to bring into the picture, that they do not want it legislated. It's important to remember that abortion is legal on Guam right now. It is legal up to 13 weeks and then up to 26 weeks if there's a fetal anomaly or because of rape or incest or at any time if the life of the mother is endangered.
5: One of Guam's most vocal pro-choice advocates Senator Will Parkinson says he's also elated with the decision. Senator Parkinson is a staunch critic of Guam's Attorney General Douglas Moylan, who had been leading the movement to ban abortion in Guam. He says last year's Roe versus Wade ruling meant responsibility fell on local pro choice lawmakers, such as himself, to defend abortion in the courts. The
2: old turning of Roe v. Maid has made us question our basic assumption and at least in my case has spurred me to action in terms of making sure that our bodily autonomy is protected. Because if it's left down to the state, then uh, me as a, a local legislature in my own local state need to make sure it's protected. If they're going to leave it to the state's decision, then the state needs to decide. Uh, As for the rift with the attorney general and pro-choice advocates, there's definitely had to be a tension because the attorney general wants to bring back this ban on abortion and then you have this community that has fought tooth and nail to protect abortion access. Uh, But in the end though, I'm glad justice prevailed on these issues and the courts ruled the way they did.
5: There are no abortion providers in Guam, with the last known doctor offering abortion services Retiring in 2018. Compounding these challenges is a restrictive law that requires women to meet a doctor in person before a termination is confirmed. It means that women in Guam wanting abortions have to make a costly eight hour flight to Hawaii. Hawaii based physician Shandini Raidu says she's disappointed to see women being denied access.
4: I think it's devastating that people's access to health care depends on where they live. It's heartbreaking to hear the stories of people who need abortion care but are not able to access it either because they can't leave the island or they don't have the financial means to do so. I think for those of us who provide abortion care, we know that people will do anything they can to get the care that they need. And it's unfortunate that people have to work so hard to receive basic health care.
5: Since the overturning of Roe versus Wade last year, 15 out of 50 US states have banned abortion.
0: That's Pacific Ways for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, so fast so